Previously on Just Cow in the City. Bananas? I got an extra seat. I got a fucking minivan. It got fucking thorn in my side for the last two years. I've only been there since November. They raised it $30. What the hell is the matter with you? What was that all about? If I ain't going to fiddlesticks, if that's where you're thinking. La, 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 la. It's just really annoying. I finally found a way to drink water every day. You cannot be doing this to me again. Ha-cha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City, and when I say exciting, I mean today is going to be exciting. Lots of fun, tall tales, and things to talk about, and things to discuss, and I don't mind just getting it all going as we just get started and get right into it, because I will tell you, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this podcast together at all, taping on Saturday... Uh, this coming out on March 22 Ooh, I better get the lottery tickets and just get a bunch of twos in there. You know, there's no reason not to be a two-two-two <laughs> again. I'll tell you, twos are coming up a lot in 2022, and it's fascinating stuff. And when I say fascinating, not really that much. But uh, we got a lot going on today, and of course we have a lot going on on the Tuesday show tonight. Not just our uh, March Madness uh, couple of picks left, but the Oscar picks with uh, little Scotty Gorenstein, who we always have on every year, usually on this show, but we will change it to the Tuesday show. Why wouldn't we? So we can all make our picks together for the stupid Oscars of movies no one's seen because uh, we're still technically in a, quote, pandemic. Now, here's the story today. Uh, uh, no, there's not going to be any uh, show. I thought maybe like I got to do a shorter show, but I don't have to do a shorter show. I'm just a little nervous because, you know, I always put my phone on airplane mode. Here's what happened. Yesterday, Rhoda, my mother, fell. It's it's it, it's not tragic. It's just it's it's hilarious also. That's why I was going to say it's funny and sad, but it's it, it's not that sad. Remember, folks, she's going to live to be 120, so it, there's nothing that can... I don't know if I ever tell you this story, but her mother... It got electrocuted once. I mean, the woman lived to be a hundred. There's, there's no way to kill off these uh, Reitman women, uh, which is her maiden name. Anywho, she fell yesterday, and my sister called me and told me, and she was at the dentist's office. Now, this is a dentist that I hate his family, him and his whole fucking family. You can have the license. Price is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars plus a monthly payment of 5% of the gross. Of all four hotels, Mr. Corleone. Now, the price for the license is less than $20,000, am I right? That's right. Now, why would I ever consider paying more than that? Because I intend to squeeze you. I don't like your kind of people. I don't like to see you come out to this clean country in your oily hair dressed up in those silk suits 
was trying to pass yourselves off as decent Americans. I'll do business with you, but the fact is that I despise your masquerade, the dishonest way you pose yourself, yourself and your whole fucking family. I hate his dad and his mom by proxy. When I was growing up, you know, every time I go to the dentist, the reason I go every four months now is because of this asshole who, and of course, this is why I also hate my dad because my dad was like praising this guy as a genius and I've, I'm sure I've told you this story before. The dentist that I had growing up and where I had multiple cavities and my sister never had one, and if my sister had had one, we wouldn't be going to that dentist. Let me tell you something. I had multiple cavities as a little boy, as many people do, and this guy would not use Novocaine. He would not use Novocaine. When you're 8 or 10 And then three people are trying to hold you down. Him, his wife, and the hydrogen. They're holding you down while he's drilling because he refuses to use Novocaine. So until I was 20, when he retired and some Spanish guy took over for him at his practice because it was in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, and it's mostly Spanish. And and I had a cavity right in college. I was still going to him. Uh, he took out a needle. I'm like, what the hell is that? He goes, it's Novocaine. I'm like, Novocaine? Nah, 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 grow up. Except I saw the needle, I started to panic. And I had him drill without the... He's like, you don't want Novocaine? I don't even know what you're talking about. Just get this over with. I had him drill the cavity without Novocaine as a 20-year-old because I was so used to... I don't know what Novocaine was. Can you imagine? I didn't know what Novocaine was. This piece of shit who my dad wrote an article about, which I just found the other day in the fucking Star Ledger, New Jersey's paper, about what a fucking pioneer this guy was, refused to use Novocaine on patients. That is exactly when we played this clip yesterday, uh, last week about Lawrence Olivier in The Marathon Man. That's what that whole movie's about, a Nazi dentist. He looked just like him, too. Is it safe? Is it safe? Oh, God, I hated that guy so much. I was so angry that my dad thought he was a pioneer of medicine. How I found out Novocaine was invented in the 1800s. This guy's not using Novocaine in 1970-something. It's ridiculous. Like, I, and then I said, can't, can't you do something? I heard there's... The, I'll never forget. It was like, one of the, I heard there's something called Novocaine. You want the needle, David? I'll give you the needle. If you want the needle, I'll give you the needle. But I prefer when people leave here just as they came in. And I'm, and, and I'm like, fine, don't give me... I mean, he made the needle sound so scary. I didn't want the needle. I didn't know what the fuck he was even talking about. What a complete asshole. And his son, son's office, who I guess is also a periodontist, my mother tripped in his office on a snagged carpeting that was bad. And now we can sue this asshole and his whole fucking family. And I couldn't be happier. I hope my mother's going to want to sue... Uh, it'll help all of us financially, and uh, really, it'll be a really wonderful end to this guy's torture that is still mental in my head. When I'm at the dentist, uh, if my hygienist was on this thing, she would know every time I get up from that chair when she's finished. Uh, this all I, I'm like, mother, this fucking guy, he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm so angry because it can be, it could have been so painless. This guy, and every time I get up from that chair when things are different and I, you know, I'm like, you know, the dentist ain't that bad, but my 
uh, uh, my uh, you know first dentist has made everything so bad for us so bad what a piece of shit he was when his wife died i asked my mother where the gravesite was but she knew i was going to do something to that grave and she wouldn't tell me that's how fucked up this is that's how glad i am that this happened at this guy's hospital or whatever he does and i i hope we could so i bet you my mother's like no i wouldn't want to do that i'm like god damn it rhoda you suck and why shouldn't we? It's not fair. I mean, like, what what was that carpeting doing up there? There's, you know, what do you want to take that risk with anybody? She never falls. She's not the kind of person that falls. I don't care how old she is. She doesn't fall. She walks really carefully. And the the carpeting was not correct. And she started bleeding from her head. Bleeding so much that her eyes are covered up in the hospital. My sister just told me. And that's why I was having trouble. I'm taping on Saturday morning. But... You know, I, I uh, people have been calling all day because we don't know what's going on. She's getting another CAT scan. We don't. We assume she's gonna. I mean, everything seems fine. It was weird. They were gonna release her yesterday. I'm like, she's drinking water and throwing up. Doesn't that mean? This, you, why does this keep happening to all the people in my life? All these people have concussions, and 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 somebody they're not. Somebody's not taking care of them. We're talking about Bob Saget. We're talking about my girlfriend Trish. Uh, we're talking about Vic Henley. These are three people that are dead. That had concussions and went to bed. <laughs> and now they're dead. So my mother at least went to the hospital. Now, they said she didn't have a concussion, but I don't know how you th- drink water and throw up and that, how that's not a concussion. They were going to release her. And they're like, you know, maybe we'll keep her overnight. And we're like, yeah, that's probably a good idea, you piece of shit. So um, they're taking another CAT scan today, and then we'll know more. I, I guarantee everything will be fine. It's just that I... I said to my sister, I'm like, we should call that facility she lives in. They should probably know about this. Isn't that what they do? And so I called this uh, the lady. And then that girl that I keep asking out over there, she's like, oh, that's who you have to contact. I'm like, oh, great, because uh, she's my friend. I called her. I left a message. Never heard back from her. I, I didn't expect to, and I wasn't even sure what she was supposed to say. But then I heard back from this nice lady today, and she was like taking care of everything. Like, they're so full of themselves, this facility, that um, – they were like, yeah, the hospital will give us a call. and They'll let us know if they're releasing it. I'm like, why would the hospital give you a call? And they're like, well, because that's what they, I'm like, they don't even know you exist. They're like, well, they know she's at this, you know, they see, I'm like, I don't think they know anything and I don't think they care. And I don't know where you're coming from, where you think everybody knows about your, it's not like my mother's in the city where this happened. You know, she's all the way in raw way, which is a dump in itself. Yeah, so my sister, thank God, was able to take care of everything so I didn't have to go because I wanted to go to the Nets game last night, which I did, and it was fabulous. Anyway, I wanted to go to the Nets game last night, but I would have canceled that. I got the tickets from my friend Lee. He's in Singapore, so I'm like, hey, can I take your tickets if you're not going to sell them, if you don't sell? He's like, well, let me try and sell them. If they don't sell, I'll give them to you. So they gave them to me, and I invited my friend Steve, you know, outside Steve from the Comedy Cellar, and we had a, a, a lovely time yesterday. There are photos. I was like, well, I'd like to go. And my sister was kind of taking care of everything, so I didn't have to worry. I'm like, well, I'll get down there sooner or later. But then I realized I couldn't go Saturday because I got to tape the podcast. Then we got to do two Billy Joel things. And I got to do Marina's. And then Sarah Silverman's coming to town, and I was supposed to help her. But then she called last night and said, oh, my plans are changed. So I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm just going to go down there Sunday. That's why I thought maybe I could tape the podcast on Sunday. But I I guess I got to go visit my mom. I was going to wait because my sister's been taking care of everything. But if she's really... If her eyes are closed, you know, if she's got bandages on her eyes, I guess she's going to need our help. What a pain in the ass. I was trying not to go down there because I didn't want to spend money on gas, and I was planning on going down there on Thursday, but now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, we're not panicked that anything's wrong or anything. It's just really fucked up. And they said 
uh, don't panic. It's going to get worse in the sense of like she's going to look horrible. And, you know, my mother and my sister, I mean, we're all about vanity, right? So as she moved to this new facility, she's going to be black and blue in her eyes. And then the doctor said, and then it's going to go down to her face, the black and blue. And I'm like, ew. And I'm like, you, you know, I said, Doc, you think you can bandage your entire head until it's all gone because she just moved to a new place and you don't want to send out the message that you're disgusting. And believe me, my mother would be like, yeah, that's a good idea <laughs> because that's how stupid we are. Um, I was just making sure I was recording because uh, I don't want to talk about it. But last week, I I think I talked for a half hour and I wasn't recording. <laughs> that's like the second time that's ever happened in like seven years. So definitely, you know, don't want to miss any of this podcast gold. So yes, shot out of a cannon today, all coffeeed up, ready to go. And my, you know, been doing all this stuff and I, you know, woke up. Oh my God, I didn't even wake up in time. Like I woke up at nine. I was trying to wake up at eight and like get everything done. And, you know, I just didn't do anything. But anyway, so that's, um, I don't think there's anything else to report about my mother. But yes, I, I guess I'm a little nervous that I have a lot of the stuff on airplane mode today. But my sister's handling it, thank God. So... Thank God, I, I don't even know what it would be like for an only child. I, I I don't like to think about stuff like that. It's awful. So, anywho, apparently my nephew also stayed with her for a while yesterday. So, I got to get that kid some gummies. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, yesterday we went to the Nets game. It was so fantastic. It was so much fun. I ate so much stuff, the usual, right? I walked in and I got the Buffalo Bites right away. I, do, I walked. I got there a half hour early. It was fantastic. There was no line or anything. I just walked in. I got the. I'm like, good. I'll sit there early and I'll enjoy myself eating when there's no problem about eating and I won't be on the uh, jumbotron eating. You know. So I'm sitting there. I had the buffalo bites, the fries, and a large Pepsi. And then my friend Jono comes in with his huge bag of stuff, and I'm like, hey, can you also get me a chicken parm? You know, because he gets the free food. And his uh, girlfriend always brings the uh, you know, whatever from there. So she got the chicken parm, too. So me and Steve shared the chicken parm, which was delicious. And then I had some popcorn. And then Jono went to this place where they got other free food. This guy bought them in at halftime. And then we had an ice cream bar that was delicious, like a you know chocolate-coated co- ice cream bar with chocolate in the middle. It was great. It was really good. But I was like, uh, okay, now I've... Now I think I've done it. <laughs> I think I'm done. But it was really fun. And so then this guy, Jono, you know, he's got better tickets than us. And he also knows everybody, knows Steve Nash. You know, he said, I, oh, by accident, Steve Nash is the coach of the of the Nets. And he accidentally texted him once during the game. And he saw Steve Nash looking at his watch, you know, his Apple watch to see. He goes, oh, I, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to text you during the game. The guy is looking at his watch. So uh, we we almost met him last night. He was right where we were, and that would have been exciting. Uh, but so we went down to this other club afterwards, which was kind of fun, it, it, which I guess it wasn't open since COVID. Because I'm like, how come we don't do this after every game? And I don't know how we got on or whatever. And we went, you get free, like, alcoholic drinks there and just sat. And we had a couple of I had a couple of Johnny Walker Blacks. And they have a couple of foods. They get some hot pretzels and stuff. It's not that big a deal because it's after. But there's also... A huge steakhouse in the facility at Barclays Center that a lot of the Nets go to after the game. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of anything like this. Apparently used to be Jay-Z's 4040 Club, like a big, you know, after the game place to hang out and party, which is so brilliant. 
to have a place that's open and exclusive for the players after the game, especially if you live in a place like Utah, if the jazz facility has a place like, you know, where are you going out to eat? Where are, you know, a couple of seven foot black guys going to eat in Utah unless you build one of the facility that's kind of secret. It's not secret like anybody could go, but you got to know about it and you got to have a lot of money and you got to have influence to get there. But I guess I guess a regular Joe could go in. I don't know. I didn't know it existed, but it's like a steakhouse where the guys can go after the game and go that maybe even the visiting team goes and eats there. I don't know. It's um, never heard about it, never saw it, and I saw it yesterday. It was very exciting. I didn't know these little things existed, but it was fun to be in the bowels, I guess, of the Barclays Center, which they really, really put some time together and made this great thing. So we were all just hanging out. It was like being in that Red Room Madison Square Garden that time with Chappelle. You know, it was like that kind of thing. Who doesn't like that? So it was fun, and it was a Friday, and nobody cared. So it was beautiful. And then um, uh, Steve and I took the subway home. I took the subway home. I took the subway for the first time after midnight, and it was gross, and it smelled gross, and it smelled gross when I got there, but I was wearing the mask. So thank God. I tell, I'm telling you, I'll be wearing that mask for the rest of my life on the subway. That's the only time I will wear a mask. I didn't wear a mask at the goddamn game in any shape or form. But on that subway, I why how people are not wearing masks on that subway, I don't know. Subways are so gross. I don't know how you're not going to wear a mask. Like, what are you trying to prove a point on the subway? <laughs> you know, even if you're an anti-vaxxer or a crazy person that just doesn't believe in the virus, wearing a mask on the subway is going to be that should be everybody's new thing. Subway is the most disgusting place on the planet. But it was, uh, I got to say, it was a super fun night. And I don't know. I didn't feel bad about going or anything. I didn't even think about my mom until this morning <laughs> because I normally don't. So because I hate her. Because, listen, on Sunday, so, so, uh, all right. So when we last left each other, which I believe I recorded on Friday last week, a tell, David Tell, asked me to open for him in Long Island. And, I, of course, I was angry about having to leave the house on a Sunday. But I'm, I instantly said, yes, I believe I would love to because, you know, I have to say yes to these things. I must get out of the house. Plus, you know, I know it would pay and it would be fun, right? I mean, I know, of course, you know, it's terrifying the day of. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Come on, let's do this. Let's say we got to do it. We got to do it. And there's this place that uh, this guy Ryan Reese puts together in Long Island that he Sarah's been in. And he gets all these people, Colin, they all come here. But it's just a stupid restaurant. It's kind of a piece of crap restaurant in Long Beach, Long Island. It's like kind of a dump. So I can't believe he gets all these people. But remember, he warms up the Seth Meyers show, so he knows all these people. He's always told me I could play there, but he's full of shit. But uh, that's all right. Attell says, you know, you can come to a spot. And this guy, Louis Katz, was going to come. And then he told me this girl, this other girl is going to be on the show. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I'll, I'll tell you the story in a second. And it's fun. So, and he was going to drive. And I'm like, perfect. Because I don't want to drive to Long Island. And if he was going to go, you know, go there beforehand to see his mother or something, I could just take the train. He would drive me back. Perfect. As long as I don't have to drive to Long Island, I'm always going to be in. Driving to Long Island stinks. So on uh, Sunday, my, oh, and I'll just tell you this really quickly. Uh, on Saturday night, this girl, Elise, and, and, and the owner of, uh, the Gotham Comedy Club wanted to have dinner together to talk about the show we're doing on April 14th. 
And this would have been a really good deal in every way to have dinner with them, talk about the show. And I said, I, I, I can't come out Saturday night. It's taco night. Yeah, because I got a problem. You know I can't leave on Saturdays. I was so angry that Sarah was making me leave, and now I don't think I have to because the weather's going to be bad. I'll just say I can't go. I got to hate leaving on Saturday nights. I got a goddamn problem again. But Saturdays are my usual thing where I stay, and I, I got to try and go out the other nights of the week. So at least I went out last night. But yeah, no, it's taco. I had already bought the ingredients when she called. I'm like, no, I, I already bought dinner. <laughs> but it's like it, it would have helped my career along maybe. But I just didn't care. So yeah, what are you going to do? Listen, I, I, there's certain people I would forgo the meal for. You know, if, if I knew the circumstance, if I knew where we go, she goes, do you want to have dinner? I'm like, this could end so many different ways. You know, she didn't say where we're having dinner. She didn't say when. I don't know. But if I, it's like, again, we've talked about this, you know, who would I leave for? Oh, uh, we're having dinner with Chappelle tonight and uh, and Chris Rock. I'm like, see it. I'll see you there. What time should I be there? You know, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Like Woody Allen wants to have dinner with you tonight. Well, it is taco night, which I'm sure he can understand. What, what do you get a kilo in there? So anyway, on Sunday... My mom, I, 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 and I, it's so funny that she fell this week because I hate her this week. I stopped talking to her this week. I was so angry at her. She calls me early Sunday morning. I'm just trying to, Sundays are the only days I kind of try and sleep a little later. And she calls me early to get this stuff to her accountant. And I must have told her three times. First, we got the printer fixed so she could print it out. I emailed it to her. I said, you can email this to your attorney. And then I said, it's not a big deal. We can tell him we'll email it to him on Monday. And she just selfishly calls up Sunday and says, yeah, I need you to email it to him right now. And I'm like, why? And, and I just, she just wasn't paying attention. It's all very selfish. And it was really annoying. And I'm like, I thought you said you got your printer fixed and you were printing out this stupid thing when I told you to just forward it anyway. Uh, I can't open it because, it's, again, it's the selfishness of not learning the Internet and how to work an email or a text that is selfish to everybody else. It's very important that you learn how to email and text at the very least to help your grandchildren or your children, you know, just, I mean, it's really not that big a deal. She's not in, uh, in a nursing home. She's in an independent living facility. Learn how to work the goddamn, I'm not saying go crazy, but learn how to send a text back. And, and learn how to retrieve your... I keep telling her to get off AOL. I mean, that's half the problem. Oh, but it, it's really... I feel, I feel that's... A, people say, no, she's old. I'm like, no, no. This is just selfish. This is selfish. This is not wanting to learn something that will help others. What, what is she doing? She doesn't have time to learn how to send an email? I mean, she's okay with emails. But it's like... Uh, you know, that's the thing. I'm like, learn this. Learn this. Instead of watching TV... For three hours, go on the computer and just look up, play with the computer a little bit. She knows how to play solitaire on the computer. She learned that. She learns how to get some sort of solitaire program from it. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. She uses my account on my Microsoft Word account, and then I can see what level she's on in solitaire. It rings on my computer as well. It's hilarious. We'll be uh, taping the Billy Joel podcast, and then it says, like, Rhoda's just got to level 32 on... <laughs> <clears throat> that's kind of funny anyway so i was pretty angry so i i decided last sunday that i would go to 
this place, the Pink Moose. Across, I told you, sometimes I'll go to this other coffee shop, but I like to support this business, you know, that I know the owner and stuff like that once in a blue moon instead of going to Dunkin' Donuts, which is a little further. I'm like, you know, let me just get things going. I, I guess I had stuff to do. I'm like, let me just go to this place today. It'll be, I'll just go to this place. I'll support them today. And I must have been waiting there 15 minutes. With Dunkin' Donuts, I'm in and out. I must have been waiting there 15 minutes. They got one person at the counter. And I understand, you know, all that stuff. They don't have a lot. But, I mean, they had two people that whatever. And they have customers there. But it was just, it's just taking too long. Where, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is also understaffed as well. And yet, for some reason, they can put it together. So I'm like, why did I, why did I come here? <laughs> why am I? I, I tried to get something quick and support this place, and I'm like, why do I keep coming here? Why do I have to wait this long? It was uh, it was like annoying because I was trying to do something the correct, and then it just and you're like, all right, well, this is why people go to Dunkin' Donuts. And I mean, that's the whole thing with McDonald's. That's why these other stores like went out because you're like, I want it now and I want it fast. And I mean, I know this place isn't like that. It's not made for that kind of place. But still, the 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 wait was too long, and then there were there's nowhere to wait. It's they don't they have it set up very badly, but still, I'm not going to get upset about it. They're nice people in there. The guy's got a a colored beard, you know. He's got like a a red, white, or red, yellow, and green beard or something. It's um it's or a pink sometimes because it's called the pink moose, pink moose. Anyway, on Sunday night, I get to a tells. He says, "Be there at five o'clock." And they're right on time, of course. Turns out Louis Katz got COVID, so he can't do anything. I'm like, no problem. So we go to this place called the Beach House, and Attell is by far one of the worst drivers I've ever seen. He's driving. I'm not saying a goddamn thing until after we finish. I said, Dave, you are the worst driver because I know. <laughs> like, I don't know, again, what makes somebody a bad driver. He's just really bad. His driving skills, it's so funny that's okay. You, we, we can walk to the curb from here. Okay. Be fine. You want your tennis stuff? Huh? You want oh, your gear? Yeah. That's go. good. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Well. well thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're a wonderful tennis player. Oh. <laughs> you're the worst driver I've ever seen in my life. That's the <laughs> any place, the worst. Europe, you know, any place. Asia. To be such a brilliant comedian and a bad driver in one lifetime, it's it's... It's kind of funny because his driving, I think everybody considers me a very good driver, and you know how serious I am about being a good driver, mostly from the movie Clueless. Cher, I want you to become a good driver. <laughs> so that's the reason I get, no, no. I just, uh, I'm careful and I'm aware. I don't know. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at driving, right? Uh, I'm always kind of looking out at what's going on and what a car may or may not do. Um, I don't mind telling you, I've never gotten into an accident and stuff because I do prepare for that kind of stuff. And, you know, you say that and you jinx yourself, but I always say, fuck it. Uh, I've already jinxed my entire life. Whenever you're going to jinx me in a car accident, now that would be welcome. You know, I just hope I, you know, die and don't be disfigured. That would suck and that would really piss me off. Uh, Yeah, it's just so funny. Uh, It's so obvious we're driving. I never say anything. I'm not a backseat driver. Like, I can see a car is going to either stop or turn, and, like, he can't see it. And then he's stuck behind it and beeping. And I'm like, there's, you know, to myself, I'm like, there's no reason to honk. But I ain't saying nothing. I, and I'm, But I'm saying to myself, how could he have not known this was going to happen? And that kind of stuff bothers me a little bit that somebody is in the car driving that way. 
that they don't see it starting to happen. Like you don't predict stuff because that's kind of the key to driving. You must be offensive and on the defense. (laughs) You must do both. It is very much like a football game and you have to predict the outcome within seconds or things are going to go bad, especially if you're driving in New York City. But anyway, as hilarious as the Mr. Magoo driving he kind of does and has done since the 80s, we had a really nice trip. Of course, it was a freezing cold day. It was in the 20s, and I was bundled, and he smokes, so his window's always open, so I'm freezing. He is putting the heat on, but I'm mostly freezing, and I can't get warm, and you know when I can't get my core temperature up, it's bad. And we get, oh, first we go to a 7-Eleven, and we stop at 7-Eleven for coffee, and it is such a beautiful, nice, clean 7-Eleven. I took photos because it was unbelievable. It was a, Because most 7-Elevens nowadays are disgusting, and that's why I've switched over to Wawa's or really anything else. 7-Elevens are gross. Uh, whoever owns it just doesn't seem to care, but this nice Long Island, Long Beach 7-Eleven was very lovely. In a, in a beach town. It was nice. It was big. It was clean. There was a major difference. And it was funny. And I was just saying, wow, this is a real queen. He doesn't care. I'm like, how could you not care? This is an amazing 7-Eleven. <laughs> so then we got to the place, and it's just this tiny little restaurant. I, I don't know what I thought. Of. I think I thought it was at a, it's called the Beach House. I actually thought it was outdoors. But it wasn't. We go up to this roof area like you know indoors but it's freezing in there and i'm shivering now i'm chattering teeth shivering and then ryan goes do you want to host or he said would you host and i said sure but that is a dick thing to do i didn't know i had to host i know ryan was taking advantage of me being there and host and i said sure no problem but i I was pretty upset about it and then until there's a couple of girls there really pretty girls you know, and they all nowadays, all they do is comedy. Of course, they do comedy, these little girls. And, he, and it tells like, well, you can go on. And she, this girl probably went on twice in her life. And she goes, really? And that's why they show up, because they figure maybe a tell will put them on. And he does. And now I got to bring up a girl that's been on twice. I got to bring up a girl that's been on twice. I mean, that's not fair to me. But again, it, it really didn't. Bother me, bother me, but in the, you know, in a mindset, it's like, ah, God damn it, that's so frustrating. And I got to go warm up the crowd, which I'm not usually really good at. And, you know, they're a scary crowd. They're a long, but everybody was really nice. I mean, it was a, it was a very pleasant experience. Here's the funny thing, though. There was a girl there. I am not going to mention her name. It's so funny. She is such a kind and sweet person, but she is an awful comic. If you find out who it is, I really don't care. She's such a horrible comic, and she's been horrible for 20 years, but she gets a lot of spots because she's sweet and really pretty. And it's just so funny. I, I, don't, I don't mind working with her. It's just I'm like, oh, come on, really? And Atella told me that you know she was going to be on the show, and I'm like, I, mean, I was like, excited to see her, but she's a really bad comic. So I was telling the little girl who never does comedy, I'm like, oh, it's so funny. I was at the Stress Factory once. Like 20 years ago, I was just trying to get back into comedy again. And the owner goes to me, when that girl was on stage, he goes, oh, boy, you're going to really have to clean up this mess. You got your work cut out for you. And I, you know, I was telling this little girl, and I'm like, oh, my God. This guy. I don't know why I was. I guess I was mentioning it because then I thought she was going to go on after this girl. And I'm like, you're going to have to clean up this mess. But she went on before. Anyway, Atel clearly said to Ryan, I want you to anchor the show, which to me says, 
I want you to go on before me. So you warm up the crowd and get him ready. Because Ryan's a, a legendary warm-up guy. He warms up the Seth Meyers audience. That's what he does. And he's very good at it. But for some reason, he was all uh, uptight. And uh, it was me and then the little girl and then him. And then he put on this really bad girl, which I guess they might have used to go out. So he doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize she's awful. And she does more time than any of us. She does 15 minutes. We all do 12. Oh, that little girl did five. And, and, and the audience is clearly restless. The rest, they just want to see a tell. And that's not who you put on after, you know, Ryan would have been a good choice. To, that's what a tell was saying. He's basically saying without saying, please put yourself on and not this girl before you go on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you the way I want the show, and he didn't do it that way. And the owner's wife comes up to me, and she's like, um, what's going on? How long is she doing? And I can see she's the owner's getting restless. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Where's Ryan? And I'm like, I'll get him. And so I texted him. He was upstairs with Dave. And I'm like, you should come down here. And it was so funny because then I said to that girl, I'm like, oh, my God, the same thing just happened. She basically was saying, like, somebody's got to clean up this mess again. I mean, it's 20 years later. This girl's still bad. I don't even know how that's possible. Even the worst comic should be better at that age after 20 years of doing it. So, again, you know, a lovely person just it's not working and the crowd has been sitting there now for, what, 40 minutes waiting for David Hell. And I think they paid $50 a ticket. So they're like, come on. Sorry, I'm losing my voice because I was screaming at the Nets game last night. So, again, when I was shivering and I went downstairs, um, it was warmer downstairs, but I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Like I was shivering so bad. It was just so that whatever they call the green room upstairs, which isn't a green room, was just freezing. Like the windows were up and stuff. It's a, it was colder than it was. You know, we were at the beach, so it was colder than it was in Manhattan by, you know, 15 degrees. I was shivering, but any, but it, you know, then it was fine later. I had a couple of beers. Everything was fine. And then, uh, yeah, I think he got her off early finally because, you know, the manager was complaining. The guy never gets the message. He's going to work with her for the rest of their lives. But, again, she's a joy to be around. It's just, ugh. So then after the show, we hung around a little bit. And I met these uh, uh, two women, and uh, we got a little high, and... I was just, you know, I'd just go whenever Tell wants to leave. And he goes, hey, do you mind coming to my mom's house with me? And I said, no, I, I don't mind. I got nowhere to go. So we went to his mom's house, who, you know, who lives about 10 minutes away from the place. Well, 20 minutes if Tell's driving. Uh, thank you. And uh, I hadn't seen his mom. Uh, ironically, the last time I saw his mom was we went to see Bob Saget on Broadway. And we have photos of that somewhere, too. Yeah, that was the last time I'd seen his mom. I mean, I you know was known his mom from the '80s, but she's got dementia, you know, or something, or she's losing it. So she, you know, she's like, she's not going to remember you, and I'm like, oh, that's so sad. It really is sad because she was such a great person. You know, she was a really fun lady. I don't know whether I ever told you. I'm talking about like in the '80s when I first went to his house and we were <laughs> playing with toys in the basement. <laughs> we were so young. We were playing with toys, <laughs> and she comes down, David, can I get you anything? And I'm like, no, I'm good. She goes, no, I can, get, I can make you anything you want, anything you want. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a steak. She's like, okay. And I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. She goes, no, no, I'm going to make you one. And I'm like, I was just making fun. She made me a goddamn steak. I mean, who does that, right? It's unbelievable. So, you know, I, 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 so I was glad to go over, and, um, you know, she has like an aide that lives there and stuff, and 
And this is funny. We're talking about after the show, and I'm like, yeah, you know, she's up. But I guess it wasn't that late. The show started at 7. We were probably there around 9.40 or so. It was great to see her. Uh, she didn't remember me, I guess, but she definitely smiled and had a good time when we were talking. Like, So maybe she did kind of remember because I think she was happy to talk to me. So maybe there is some sort of thing like, oh, I like this guy. He looks familiar. So maybe it was helpful. I, I think he was very appreciative that, you know, I, I don't mind talking to her. And we had a really nice conversation, um, you know, about whatever. And it was great to see his mom. I mean, uh, you know, we've all known each other for so long. And we all know each other's mother. I'm talking about me, him, and Sarah Silverman. It's, you know, we've all been in each other's lives, like heavily in each other's lives. I've told you before, the three of us all saw where each other grew up and slept in the bed as children. And that's when you know you're like really, you know, a long-term friend. So uh, that was really fun. And then we went to a diner, which was great. You know, that was the, the, the plan to go to a diner in Long Island. It was terrific. I think, oh, I had that open-faced turkey thing. It was so good. And uh, we had a really nice day together, me and Dave Attell. We had a nice conversation. It was really great. And then he drove me right to my house. I mean, he was, I was, he was going to the cellar, and I was like, nah, just, you know, you don't have to take me home, but he did. And he drove me home, which was really great. And then when he left, he called me immediately. And he said, wouldn't it be funny if you had taken the ride from that girl comic uh, and she was just talking so much that you jumped out of the car? <laughs> like, he was like, oh, I, I, I regret nothing. <laughs> and I just opened the, the, he was just thinking about that. He called me five minutes after that. He was thinking like how funny it would be if uh, I went home with that girl. We were just talking about the comic and I just opened the door while she was driving because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Uh, but I would never, like I said, she's very sweet, but I guess nobody's interested in what she has to say. So that was a really fun night, and I'm glad I did it. Just Gal in the City will return after these messages. Hi, everybody. Just letting you know, this week on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show, we are making our Oscar picks which should be a lot of fun. Join the chat room on YouTube, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Billy Joel A to Z, we have a really interesting interview with Michael Riedel from WOR Radio and, of course, the New York Post. And he tells us some really great stories of the Billy Joel musical, the Broadway musical, Moving Out, which I think you'll enjoy. That is this week on Billy Joel A to Z. And don't forget... March 30th, me and Marina Franklin at the Fat Black Pussycat. Now back to the program. So on Monday, you know, I had um, enough money put together from whatever sources to pay some bills. So I got that out of the way, which was really good. I still haven't paid rent, but I paid all my bills. So they stopped calling for now. i got to find out a new way to do it. Every month is a a challenge. And then I decided, you know, I'm trying to go out every Monday night. So I went out with this girl. She's really pretty. I could say her name, but I don't, I don't want to. And I've been out with her before. And, and she, she's, she's pretty. And she works in the neighborhood. And we decided we we're going out Monday. And we went to this place called Mimi's, which I said I wouldn't want to go. But then my friend, my friend Alina and her husband said, oh, we're going to this place. I said, that place sucks. Their food is legendary. Sucks. Even though it's, it's like a piano bar. So it's it's fun, 
but the food there sucks. And she goes, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, it is. And so she went there and she told me it was good. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was talking about. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just go there because maybe it's okay. So, I mean, this girl works in the neighborhood now. So that's why we thought we would go out. So we go there and I'm like, all right, good. I, you know, I'm planning on drinking. I immediately have a martini. And then she tells me, oh, I'm not drinking. And I'm like, what? I thought that's, I mean, I met her as a bartender. And, I, and she's like, oh, I stopped drinking about three months. I'm like, oh, well, that's just great. I thought we were going to drink. You know, I thought we were going to have a good time. So now I'm pissed, but I'm like in the mood to drink. So I ordered a martini and they give me like extra martini stuff on the side, like a chocolate shake. You know, they give you the reserve. And normally, like, you know, a kind of martini usually kicks me um, kicks my ass, like especially two, which, um, you know, I think I talk about on the pod, on the Billy Joel podcast this week for some reason. Everything combines. And then, uh, you know, we ordered some uh, dinner and I got the veal parmesan, which I usually don't. And she got the shrimp parmesan and they it wasn't very good. It was just OK. It was exactly like I said. It's like going to Elaine's. The food ain't great. The atmosphere is pretty fun. But the food ain't great. I called my friend Alina after. I'm like, what the hell is the matter with you? She goes, yeah, no, I never said it was that good. I'm like, yes, you did. So at least she agreed. So that's okay. But I ordered a glass of wine with dinner. So I mixed the martini and the red wine. But that's normal. You have a drink before and then you have some red wine. But maybe it all just went so fast. So this girl has a boyfriend. And I always think when she calls me, maybe she's broken up with him. um, Because she should. They've been out for so long and they're not married. I don't know what the story is. So I paid for dinner. This is great. (laughs) And then I was talking about places I like in the neighborhood. I said, well, my favorite place is this Wolfgang Steakhouse. It's like right across the street. And they make the best steaks in the city and everything. I try and go there about three times a year. And she goes, yeah, you know what? This is after I paid for the dinner. She goes, I'm going to go across there. I'm going to get my boyfriend a steak and take it home. And I'm like, oh. Oh, that's how delightful. Yeah. All right. So you took her to dinner twice. What'd that cost you? About 30. With tip? Okay, maybe 35. Movies. Any movies? Three movies. $20. Roughly. Parking. I park on the street. Jenny, can I get two more? Gas. Maybe $6. All right, Stan. You're in for roughly $60 odd dollars. And, uh, what happened? She slept with Jacobson. That's all I'm All right, so I'll see you later. So we walk out. I leave her, and she goes, yeah, I'm going to go to that steak place. So I'll see you later. I'm like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, make sure make sure he, I hope he, your boyfriend enjoys that steak I just paid for. You fucking. <laughs> and then again, I was just laughing because, uh, you know, that's hilarious. That that kind of stuff just continues to happen and still happens. You know, that's like something that should happen in high school and never happen again. But what are you going to do? Meanwhile, when we left the place, I guess if we were drinking, we could have done something else. She wasn't drinking. So, you know, screw her. I don't think I'll ever hang out with her again, I guess. Maybe I will because she lives in the neighborhood, but I'm not paying for anything again. I was drunk, like fucked up. Two drinks. Well, remember, it was a martini and a half and then a full glass of red wine. And then, please, I've had that in, you know, one sitting and been perfectly fine. For some reason, even after eating, 
I, I, I was a mess. I could barely walk. And I would have said, let I'll walk you to somewhere or whatever. But I, I was like, I had to leave her because I was, I don't know, maybe slurring my words. I don't know. I, I was going to fall over. <laughs> I was so drunk. I don't know what happened. So I ended up going into that new Trader Joe's across the street. and Oh, I remember what I did. I was walking towards my house. And then I signed up on this Republican. Some guy was outside. He goes, hey, do you want to sign this? Are you a Republican? And nobody in Manhattan ever asks if you're a registered Republican. And as you know, right now, the Republicans are just horrible. So I always want to change. But nobody's ever asked, are you a registered Republican? It's just not that kind of town. And I'm like, yeah. And so I'm talking to the guy, and he seems okay. And I, I think I signed something. I signed something. I don't know what I was doing. But I told him I'm really trying to run for office. And then he said, well, you know what you should start with is maybe the state senator, the city council. I'm like, yeah. What, could you help me do that? Because I knew I would have to do that. I would have to get signatures like that, stand on the street. You have to get a certain number of signatures. Uh, so I guess that's what made me think of it. But again, being drunk wasn't very helpful. So uh, they can't hold that signature in court. That's how fucked up I was. I signed something. You know, you never sign those things. I'm like, oh, God, what, what was I thinking? And then I went into that Trader Joe's and I just walked around like a crazy person. And it was just so full of douchery. And I'm like, this store sucks. There were too many people there. So I always want to look at their frozen foods because that's what I get. But the the line to the cash register is the frozen foods line, so you can't look at anything. I don't like people staring at me when I'm looking at food that I want to purchase. I need, you know, hours to look at the box like my grandmother used to. So, I mean, I got to find a time to go in there again when it's not crowded, but, oh, just full of douchery and assholes. And I and I, I even took a picture, like, they're empty. A lot of their shelves are empty, and I'm like, what the hell kind of place is this? Just looks stupid. Yeah, you know, they were out of like fruit. I'm like, what the this? I don't. This, this is everybody's talking about Trader Joe's. I don't know what their prices are like. It was stupid. And then I went to um, that Seven Eleven under the bridge, that crappy one, a little further down. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Twinkies again. No, I wanted to get the the Hostess cupcakes this time, and I got coffee too. I don't know why, because I, I get, it was too early in the day. It was. The, the, the problem was the day drinking again. I met that girl at 5 o'clock. So at 7 o'clock or 6.45, it was still completely broad daylight with the time change. And I think that's what causes my drunkenness, like the bad one. That day drinking just kills me. There's something about it being daylight and drinking that just I can't handle it the way I can at night. It's crazy, but there has to be a reason. Everybody knows I can drink more than a martini and a glass of wine. I went to that 7-Eleven and I got the uh, the cupcakes and I bought some coffee. I don't know why I would want coffee at that hour. I guess because I usually like having coffee after dessert, but I knew it was going to keep me up and everything. And I just went home and I was just, I was just hammered. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is the matter with me? So, because then on Wednesday, I had the exact opposite experience in every way. I mean, the exact opposite experience that anybody could have. Now, first, it was the Wednesday before St. Patrick's Day, and the plan was to go out with my friend Lindsay, who is not only a friend of this podcast, a listener of this podcast, but a Patreon subscriber. I love Lindsay. 
And Lindsay works at you know a bar, but we are friends outside of this bar, and she is so cool and pretty and fun, and she's just really the epitome of cool, man. So we decide we're going to go to Molly's, you know, my new favorite place to go. Um, the food and and drink, and I just, you know, like the whole Irish set of it. But then I remembered, I said, why don't we just go there? She goes, fine. And then I forgot it was like almost St. Patrick's Day. Now I'm like, does St. Patrick's Day have a uh, Erev St. Patrick's Day? You know, because it was also, uh, the you know, the eve of Purim. (laughs) And you know how everybody parties the night before Purim. So I wasn't sure if I should be at a place like this, but, you know, they they were packed at 6 o'clock. We met at 6, and they were packed. She listens to this show, so she knows not to be late, but she was late, like something happened, and she's like, oh, don't worry, drinks are on me. I'm like, no, no, that's all right. I, I would, <laughs> I know you tried, and I know you know what a stickler I am for uh, promptness, <laughs> so... This sounds like a legitimate excuse. Like, she knows. She listens to this podcast. She knows I can't stand because I'm always waiting for people. I'm always sitting outside waiting. Normally, I would just sit, and I think she thought I would sit at the bar, but it was crowded. And I I was like, you're going to have to take care of it because they're not talking to me. Like, when I went in, like, nobody was talking to me. I'm like, how can I get a table? All this kind of stuff. So nobody's like, you'll have to. She's like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. That's how cool she is. And we went in and she just took care of it. We went in and we found two perfect seats at the bar. And I'm like, well, I promise you those weren't here when I got here. She's what that kind of girl that, you know, just luck happens to her because she's uh, pretty and cool. And people like her a lot. You know, she's got a great smile. She's got a great personality. She's fantastic. We're sitting there. We're having a really good time. I'm just drinking the black and tans. And I think she's maybe drinking Jameson or something, I think. she, Like I said... She's badass cool. And then we decided we're going to get dinner. And I'm so excited she wanted dinner because I, you know, I just wasn't sure. Sometimes girls don't, won't eat dinner. And I'm, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't eat if she wasn't going to eat. And I'm glad she didn't say, you want to get some appetizer. I'm like, no, I want to get a full meal. <laughs> so they give us the menu. And then I'm like, well, she's like, I know what I want. I'm going to get the shepherd's pie. And I'm like, well, I want to hear what the specials are. Because as you know, every time I've been there, they have specials. In fact, the first time I went there in a long time, you might remember the waitress demanded I have the Guinness stew because it was a special. I mean, it was delicious, but I wanted something else. I'm like, well, I really would. No, you're going to have the Guinness stew. We just made it fresh today. What's it made with? It's made with Guinness, you son of a bitch. And those waitresses are truly like that. So, I mean, they're very nice, but you know what I'm saying. You just got to do what they tell you to do. So I say to the bartender, and I go, can you please? (laughs) I say, can you please tell me what the specials are today? And he goes, are you out of your goddamn mind? It's the day before St. Patrick's Day. And I just sat there for a second. I go, oh, right. Sorry. And then he walked away, and I said to Lindsay, uh, do you know what that means? And she goes, no. And I'm like, all right, great, because uh, why aren't there special things? <laughs> what am I missing that, that there aren't special the day before St. Patrick's Day? I mean, it was right out of that scene in Groundhog Day. Where Bill Murray goes, hey, mama, there's no hot water. And she's like, well, there wouldn't be today. Yo, mom, isn't there any hot water? <laughs> no, there wouldn't be today. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. That's silly of me. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, right. I mean, I, for the life of me, I'll never know. Maybe I'll go in there next time and ask, you know, when it's quieter. But um, what, what, what? Why, you rat? How dare you ask an Irishman if there's a specials that day before St. Patrick's Day? And I'm like, right, well, well, I didn't. Uh, uh, if you could tell me the reason. I, I mean, there's lots of reasons I can think of offhand. Like, well, we don't have time for to come up with specials today, but it's the day. Why not? cooking anyway I, I don't know i mean if they weren't serving food at all i can understand but uh, what's the big deal if you're like oh let's just make the specials the usual that they were yesterday let's make the same specials as yesterday hey are you goddamn cotton picking mind why you jew bastard hey, how'd you know i was jewish uh well i uh well i didn't you know but uh i just assumed i mean uh well it's just the kind of question well, since you you don't tip when you come out, well, yes I do. Uh, well, you, you know, it's a uh, well I got it done. Uh, let's just say uh, look at you, son. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that was like the really funniest thing maybe ever that happened the entire week. But then let me just tell you, these two other girls came that uh, Lindsay uh, called. We know them from the bar as well, and they were in the neighborhood, so they came. And I hadn't seen this girl in a long time. It was nice to see her. And they came, and Lindsay bought everybody's drinks and the food. I said, Lindsay, please, you don't have to do this. She's like, no, I want. It was the exact opposite situation of everything I've done in the past year and maybe beyond. I mean, I was like, Lindsay, you don't have to pay for their drinks, too. I mean, you don't, you know, don't pay for my food. And she's like, no, no, I really want. She paid for all of us. And then the bartender knew. And I guess she knew one of the other bartenders, and then he, you know, gave us a couple of drinks on the house, which is the way, of course, it's supposed to work. But she paid for everybody, and yeah, I'm sure left a healthy tip being a bartender herself. Paid for these two other girls, and we drank a lot. I think I had four or five black and tans, and then she also gave us all shots of Jameson's later. Uh, I mean, it must have been very expensive. She wouldn't let me see the bill, but I was like... Wow, I don't, I don't know what to say except I'm just upset that you're married to somebody else because I really think this would be the one. As it was because she knows I asked her out before, before I knew she was dating somebody and now subsequently married. And the guy she's married to is terrific. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, but I mean, oh, and I told her too. I said, oh, I said to my sister when we were leaving, I'm like, this, this would have been the one that in the sense of not just being rather terrific, in the sense of... Um, you can bring her out with, you know, most of the girls that go out with, uh, you know, Olga's of the world and, and stuff like that. You, you, you can't bring them around. You know, your friends would be like, huh, eh, you see Jessica's girl? Ugh. This is finally somebody, you know, you can bring around. You can, you know, you know, as you're like, as oh, my girlfriend, and people are like, don't you love Jessica's girlfriend? Isn't she terrific? People would like her better than they would me. You know, that, that's what you want in a girlfriend, kind of, like somebody to kind of upstage you in a way that they, they, they just, like, love her. And it's just like my, uh, I told you, and I was telling her, my uh, friend Lawrence growing up, you know, and I was at his, I was the best man at his wedding, and I told the story when I got up to do my speech that uh, every time I would break up with a girl, uh, she goes, well, good, because you're an asshole. The only thing I'm going to miss out of this relationship is your friend Lawrence. And they'd be so upset because they were going to miss Lawrence and they were they loved Lawrence. And then I said the same was also true when he would break up with a girl and she goes, 
well, this is really sad. I'm going to miss you. But I'll tell you what I won't miss out of the relationship is your asshole friend, Jessica. <laughs> that worked on every level. Everyone loved Lawrence. And uh, uh, no, one, uh, <laughs> no one was sad when they weren't going to see me anymore. Uh, but I'll tell you, they probably were down the line. You're like, ah, oh, that Jessica kid, I kind of miss his, uh, his, uh, assholeness. You miss it. You miss it when it's not around folks. You miss it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of girl this Lindsay is. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, she paid for everybody. I mean, you know, those, that's a the bartenders. I told you, know, bartenders and, and, you know, not to, but, but bartenders and strippers are the best people. They always have cash and they always know how it is because nobody's ever rich. And they're like me, where you just want to celebrate, have a good time, spend your money and and spread spread it around and pay for everybody. And that's the good thing. They all work in the service industry, so they kind of know. That's why I get mad at people that don't seem to get it. And quite frankly, I mean, you know, even though I might have worked at a restaurant in 1986 or seven, I still keep those thoughts in my head of how important tipping is. And it's funny that no one else does. Or maybe I've just never been friends with somebody who's actually waited tables. Remember, I think I told you a story. My friend Beth Tapper, I don't mind saying her name. It doesn't no big deal. She was a waitress for years, you know, an actor, trying to be an actress. Now she just lives in L.A. You know, she's a mom and stuff like that. I didn't mean it like that, but you know what I mean. She's still great. Um, but it was so funny. When we would go to restaurants, she would treat the wait staff like shit. And it didn't make any sense because she used to be a waitress. But I guess that could flip because I guess she, as a waitress, kind of knew the way a good waitress, and I'm not saying she was a good waitress. I don't think she was, but I'm saying in her mind, I guess she knows what a waiter or waitress should be, so she thought of it a different way. But for me, you know, I always want to treat everybody with respect and stuff, and you know, it just and and I, I get nervous. You know, I don't like asking a lot of questions. I know they have things to do, and you know, you just try and uh, get it together. But a lot of people that never will work in that industry, and they just won't understand the difficulties and again how important tipping is. And all that just being said, I just, you know, had to say, boy, that was really fun Wednesday. That was really fun. So I didn't need to go out on St. Patrick's Day. I went out the St. Patrick's Day Eve. It's perfect. And I said, well, what time are you guys opening tomorrow? It's always my favorite question to ask at a bar. Like, oh, we're opening at 9 a.m. I got to leave here at 4. I'll be home at 5. I got to be back here by 8.30 tomorrow. Yeah, they all open at like 9 a.m. And the funny thing is, I was like thinking like, well, I wouldn't mind going down there at 9 a.m., I've always wanted to go down, you know, like I, I think I did it once, but they weren't allowed to serve alcohol. I thought they made a rule on St. Patrick's Day that they could, but it would be fun. But I have a feeling there's a line out the door at 9 a.m. at some of these places. But obviously, you know, the day drinking doesn't work for me. In fact, when I was waiting outside of Molly's, these two completely drunk people came out and this girl was holding her glass of wine. They're sitting at the table outside and just go, oh, God, I forgot it's daylight. It feels like it's four in the morning. And then she was sitting at the table, and I was just standing standing there waiting for Linda, just sitting. There's no way I could avoid it. And she just kept saying, you know when you leave a bar and then you think it's like four in the morning, but it's not? And the guy is not saying anything. 
And then she pauses for a little. She goes, I mean, it just genuinely feels like it should be four in the morning. I mean, I've done that too, but it's funny when you're not drunk and you hear somebody else doing it. And then she got into a fight with her boyfriend because I think, or whoever the guy was, because I think he spilled her. I can't believe you spilled my wine. I mean, we knew that was going to happen. And then I saw them leave and go to a car. And you know I'm a proponent of drunk driving. But uh, <laughs> but these people were so wasted, they just turned, they were, I think, catching an Uber. They were catching their Uber, but I thought they were getting into this car that was parked. And I was almost going to say something. I'm like, no, no, you guys cannot get in that car because, you know, when you're watching it happen, it's not, they, you know, that was really drunk. I mean, at least pretend to put it together if you're going to get in the car. You know, don't do your show of drunkenness outside in front of people before you get in your car just pretend you're sober you know that's that's what most uh drunk people have to do they have to act sometimes hey, what are you talking about i'm perfectly fine it's hard but that's when you know you're really drunk if you can't even act sober then you're just you know it's over anyway here's the worst part i walked home and i was talking to this um girl on the way um my, i was helping her through some you know boy trouble and I'm just sitting on the street because I don't know what to say. I I, I wanted to stop at McDonald's. I, I know. I already ate at the place. I had bangers and mash. Five glasses of beer and a Jameson. And for some reason, I needed to stop at McDonald's. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm not. I don't. I just wanted a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And I went and I got it. And a Coke. Maybe for fries. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I wasn't hungry. I don't know why I did it. And I went home and I ate it. I didn't finish, but I ate it. I don't I don't know where that came from. I don't know why. I cannot tell you. I was so disgusted with myself. And I spoke on the phone with a while, but I was so happy. I was so happy that I went out and had a great night. And just that this, Lindsay's so terrific. And it was just so... It was great. I felt good about myself in the sense that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I went out. And I was excited that I had nothing to do the next day. It was St. Patrick's Day, and I had no intention of leaving the house. So even though I had some work I wanted to do and whatever, you know, quote, work is, uh, you know, I could stay inside and be kind of hungover. But I wasn't that hungover. I mean, it was, you know, a little hungover, but it wasn't like a horrible hungoverness, which it should have been because I usually can only drink about three black and tans, but it was going down smooth. And like I said, we just had a really good time. I don't know how long we were there. If we got there at six, yeah, I think we were there for six hours. I think I think we left around midnight, something like that. It was fun, like really fun. We had a really good time hanging out at the bar, just talking and stuff. You know, she's great. And uh, then those other two people came. We just had a really nice time. Yeah, that was one of the best times I've ever had, just sitting at a bar, just drinking. And I don't know. There was no pressure. It was just fun. It was a it was a crowded, lively bar, and that's right. I was watching the end of the Rutgers Notre Dame game, and that was exciting. Oh, Rutgers almost pulled it off. Very exciting, you know, because it was also March Madness started on Thursday. So it's it's always fun to be at a bar when March Madness starts. You know, it, uh, Thursday and Friday they start at twelve thirty. It's always a you know a good time if you're. A guy who's technically a man, right? Right, I'm talking. So I'm watching TV and I'm watching Three's Company. And then just turn it on, right? And I watch these companies. Sometimes I look at the. It's so. I'm such a freak. I'm looking at the. You know, 
going through the channels and I'm looking and Sister's coming in and says, Terry has feelings for Jack or something. I'm like, oh God, that's going to be hot. I don't remember the episode or anything, but anytime I see Terry flirting with Jack or something, it, you know, it's hot and I know it's going to be hot. So I turn it on. Like that one where Jack, where I told you about where Jack's wearing the mustache and she's like all over him because it reminds her of her old boyfriend. It's hot because Terry was hot. And then, of course, that's what makes Joyce do it so annoying because she's always trying to put a stop to it. And you're like, come on, no, let them kiss. What's the matter with you? So whatever, I'm just watching. And they're like, who told you? Like, there was there was a misunderstanding. And it's like, well, I somebody told me that Jack was like really depressed over a girl and I just want them to make him feel useful. And they're like, and Jack's like, who told you that? Like, what kind of despicable horrible down person would ever say something like that and then larry comes to the door in a bathrobe and he goes jack we're invited to a big hot tub party come on get get on your towel <laughs> and it was obviously him who told her he was trying to get terry to fool around with jack and that's such a great line and again i'm like i can't believe that's my friend <laughs> i'm so excited it was the perfect line jack we're all invited to a big hot tub party <laughs> It was awesome. Oh, it made me laugh out loud. I almost wanted to call him because we were supposed to have dinner last Wednesday, but he couldn't make it. You know, he has an acting class that Wednesday where I'm trying to get my nephew to meet him too. And by the way, I don't know whether I told you my nephew, you know, is in Blue Bloods. It's coming up. He filmed the thing for Blue Bloods. He has like a scene where he comes out of a car. He got all this makeup where he's all bloodied up and stuff. It's exciting. And it doesn't bother me. <laughs> No, I'm happy for him. He's a good kid. And he stayed with my mother for three hours yesterday. So maybe it'll all work out for him, you know. But that was his first thing. He was on the set and everything and shooting. And he said it was really fun. He had, a, he, had a tra- he had a better trailer than I had for crashing. And I had, you know, multiple. Li- I was a guest star. Come on, man. He's like, well, in my refrigerator. I'm like, you had a refrigerator? Oh, man. Oh, have you heard any good news today, today? I want to hear what you have to say. Just a couple of final things. First of all, Mayor, uh, the stupid governor, old Governor Cuomo, this guy said, you know, he's trying to run for office again, which is brilliant, you know, in a way, but everybody's sick of it. But there he is again, this paper, he's like hugging women, like this girl that I guess he knows, but he's, hu- I'm like, if I was him, I wouldn't touch another person. I know you're supposed to do that when you're campaigning, but I would not ever want to be photographed even being close to a woman, if that was my plan. You know what I'm saying? So that's so weird. Also, there's, uh, this was the funniest thing. I just read this today. David Foster, who's 72, and his wife, Catherine McVie, who's completely talented, really pretty, and talented, who's 37. See, that gives us hope for all of us. Uh, They've been married for a while, and they're do- now David Foster. I don't know whether you know him. I mean, he you know is a wrote all these songs, but he also hit Ben Vereen with a car. So it's hilarious. That's how I always know him. But he wrote all these songs in the '80s, and he used to be like you know wrote all the Chicago songs and stuff like that. The band Chicago, and him and his wife are going to be at the Cafe Carlisle, right here on the Upper East Side. Uh, and he said they'll also dig. He's like he'll perform hits from his days with the rock band Chicago. And they'll also dig into his catalog of tunes working with uh, Whitney Houston, Salon Dion, Josh Groban, and Michael Bublé. 
And the duo will also perform McPhee's biggest songs from her career appearing on American Idol and the TV show Smash, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be May 29th through June 2nd. That's not a lot of time, but I really want to go. I really want to go. She's she's great. And, you know, he's a really talented songwriter. I like this. I don't know. I wonder if I can. I should look it up and see if I can afford it because that sounds like a fun show. She's so pretty. I think she's really pretty and so talented. You know, we these girls from these women from American Idol, even Carrie Underwood, I guess. I, mean, I don't because she's country. I don't think, but you know, uh, who's the 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 heavy one from um, that's got her own show that's fun? Uh, Kelly Clarkson and Catherine McVie. Uh, you know, the uh, Jennifer uh, Hudson. We know they're ridiculously talented because we watched them perform like you know they won a contest now i know this contest nowadays ain't that great but that's when the contest was the contest and you had to be good nowadays nobody even knows who the hell won you've never seen a winner from american idol since i don't know season eight maybe maybe nine otherwise there hasn't i mean same thing with the the voice where are those people go but we know for a fact Catherine mcphee has major pipes and i want to see that show and if it's right up the street it's probably going to be so expensive, though. I wonder if it's the same price as a Broadway show. But they, they say, I mean, they say in the paper, um, what's the word they use? At the upscale Cafe Carlisle on the Upper East Side. Page six can exclusively reveal. And now I've revealed it to you guys. Well, again, you know, I probably had other stuff I might have told you I was looking through the paper today sometimes you know just before podcast day I'll look at the paper see if there's any other articles but I was um distracted by what's going on with uh mama so I'll go see her tomorrow uh we just you know we have the show and everything and she'll be fine and everything will be fine and I'll report back next week but everything is um cool and dandy so that's uh pretty much the show for today and we'll come back next week. Of course, on, uh, I'll see you on live on the Tuesday Night Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. We're going to make our Oscar picks. Do not forget to tune into that. That'll be so much fun. Uh, you know, we'll do the March Madness picks, which, uh, you know, most people don't like. But uh, I don't know. I like doing contests. As fun as it winds down, it's a little easier. It's a little more easy to figure out. And I do like picking mascots. So that's always a good time. Otherwise, uh, don't forget, Marina Franklin, March 30th. Also, uh, you know, on Saturdays, you should watch uh, me, her, and uh, her friend Evelyn on YouTube live at 3 o'clock on Saturdays. That's always fun. Otherwise, uh, I really can't think of anything else except what a joy it was talking to you today on Just Go in the City. Some more adventures in New York City next week on Just Go in the City. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.